0: Um, Umket Industries proudly presents The Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater A Pendant Production In the early spring of 1942 President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the formation of a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion And this is their story Tonight's episode, The Visitor from Washington. We join our hero, Dixie Stenberg, as she arrives at a hidden private hangar in Southern California. Dixie works for Aeroquest Dynamics as a test pilot for experimental aircraft. And this day is not going to go the way she planned. Listen.
1: Oh no. No, no, no. What did you do to my plane?
0: Sorry, Dix. I had no choice. The boss said I had to scrap her.
1: Already? (sighs) Struck down in the prime of life. And with such promise on her lips. His reasons better be good.
0: Donna, he didn't give me no reasons. What? (gasps) Hey, hey, easy, Dix. Don't shoot the mechanic.
1: It's don't shoot the messenger.
0: Uh, As long as you don't shoot, I have no problem being a messenger, too. Where is he? Back in the office.
2: T H E E. Damn it! Where the hell? Pick up! Oh Jesus!
1: Where did you get off stripping that plane for parts? You know she was my baby, and you have no right to. Now
2: wait just a minute. I got every right because I own this hangar.
1: That plane was...
2: I own that plane, too.
1: You're pushing it, Frank.
2: Me? Listen, Dix, you're lucky we even let a dame in the hangar, much less into a cockpit.
1: Why, I oughta slug you. You
2: just try it.
1: Maybe I will.
2: That'll be the day. Where the hell's the E on these typewriters? I can't find it. Here. Who the hell invented these things? Why isn't it alphabetical? I can't find nothing.
1: That includes your brain?
2: Where do you get off?
1: You'd have to be a roaring idiot to strip that plane. She was a technological marvel. Almost on par with what the military has, but made for half the cost.
2: Listen, we don't need it no more.
1: You can't be. Wait, what? Why not? Wipe that sly smile off of your face. What aren't you telling me?
2: We got a new shipment coming in.
1: Of what?
2: Planes.
1: What do we need more planes for?
2: I don't know. They're only P-47s.
1: Thunderbolts? Yeah. (laughs) real Thunderbolts?
2: I ain't lying to you.
1: From where?
2: Where do you think planes like that come from? The government's sending them over.
1: Why would they do that? Unless... Oh no, Frank. Tell me you didn't.
2: I wish I had the choice.
1: So they gave you the shaft and now we gotta have the feds stuffing up the joint? I
2: had to. It was either agree to work with them or they'd just buy the land outright and evict us.
1: What's the catch?
2: Army R&D has some modifications they want us to make for them.
1: Why us? Why can't they just do it themselves?
2: Ain't nobody knows about us, that's why. What we do ain't gonna be noticed by the papers.
1: That don't sound like enough of a catch. What's so secret about it?
2: We'll find out soon enough. They'll be here in ten.
1: This better be good. Or, buddy, you got another thing coming.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello there. Have a visit with our famous talking robot.
1: Fight your headache like it was the Nazis. Knock it down flat. Use Hedda Seltzer.
3: Nah, you couldn't ask for
0: better advice than that. Everyone knows robots are smart, and when robots get headaches, they choose Header Yes, fight your headaches with Header Your own experience will tell you it isn't always
3: just the pounding in your head that makes you feel so miserable. Why, sometimes it's that nagging mother in law, your children who won't let you relax after a hard day's work. Perhaps the wife didn't have dinner waiting on the table when you got home, leaving jumpy nerves and an upset stomach. And that's why we say, with that kind of misery, take a Header Seltzer. helps relieve headache pain, settle upset stomachs, and helps calm and jumpy nerves. Now, you can take Hedda Seltzer while it's still fizzing or after it settles down. No time to wait, just eat the tablet. Use only as directed on the label. For prescription strength of recurrent headaches, see a doctor. But when a common headache gets you down, take this tip from our educated, very smart robot.
1: When I have a headache, I take headache Seltzer. It fights headaches like they were Nazis.
0: Yes, that's Hedda Seltzer, in stores now, from Oonker Industries. Now, we rejoin our program as the government agent arrives at the hangar to discuss the details of the project with Dixie and McGuff. You are Frank McGuff?
3: Yeah, and who wants to know? My name is Reginald Billingsley, Mr. McGuff. I'll be your government liaison for the duration of Project Brassy Battalion.
1: Brassy Battalion? What are we going to be doing? Making trumpets?
3: Ah, you must be the lovely untalented Dixie Stenberg. I've heard so much about you.
1: Oh yeah? Well, lovely and talented I may be, but that don't mean I like the way you're looking at me.
3: Forgive me, madam, but you're a rare sight indeed.
1: Oh yeah? You ain't never seen a woman before?
3: In a leather flight jacket and goggles? Not so much.
1: (sighs) You jerks are all alike. We can vote, you know. I helped put Roosevelt into office.
2: Didn't we all? If we can dispense with the pleasantries of this unpleasant conversation, just what is it you feds want from us?
3: Uh, uh, Please understand, Mr. McGuff, Mrs. Stenberg... Miss! Yes, of course. What I am about to tell you must be kept in the strictest confidence... It is highly sensitive military intelligence and were it to fall into the wrong hands. We ain't no traitors. What do
1: you think? we Nazis or something? I'm
3: merely doing my job, Miss Stenberg.
1: Yeah? Well, get on with it already. You're boring me to tears.
3: She's got a way about her, ain't she? Indubitably. Well then, let's be on with it. The military has been developing a new alloy for use in the war... Certain parties within the government have expected our participation in the Great War for some time now. They
2: expected Pearl Harbor? Why didn't they do something about it then?
3: You misunderstand me, Mr. McGuff. It has merely been anticipated that there would come a day when the United States could no longer sit idly by and watch the free world get conquered. As such, preparations were underway to ensure us of a victory.
1: this have anything to do with Fat Man and Little Boy? Where did
3: you hear about those?
1: Places. I hear things.
3: I see. Well, no. This has nothing to do with those, and I suggest you pretend you've never heard of them. I'm speaking, of course, of the aforementioned alloy. When combined with a certain synthetic polymer, it, well... Spit it out. Don't be
2: such a stiff.
3: Yes, right. It, It forms a hitherto unknown metallic compound that has a distinct, brass-like appearance.
1: And you want us to use this brassy stuff on the P-47 Thunderbolts you're shipping in, right?
3: An excellent deduction, Miss Denberg.
1: Well, I know what's in it for Frank here. He gets to keep his hangar. But what's to keep me from walking out the door?
3: The government has heard of your piloting prowess, Dixie. We'd like you to be our test pilot. Ha!
1: That's rich. Women ain't even allowed in cockpits or on the front lines. You expect me to believe that?
3: The government can't risk being seen as one willing to send women to their deaths in places they don't belong.
1: We can fight just as well as you schmucks can.
3: Of course you can.
1: You better not be patronizing me, buddy. Or I'll show you just how well I can fight, up close and personal-like.
3: Yes, yes, ma'am.
1: Well, anyways... What if I ain't interested in being your test pilot?
3: Oh, I think you will be. You've never seen a plane like this, Dixie, I assure you.
1: Yeah, well, I gave it a week. If I ain't impressed by then, I'm walking.
0: And so it was over the next week that Billingsley instructed Dixie, McGuff, and Furdenberg on the application of the top secret alloy to the newly arrived squadron of P-47 Thunderbolt.
1: There you go, folks. All done.
3: I think that's a bit premature. There's only one actual plane completely finished getting its application of the alloy. Thanks,
1: Bill. You feds never shut your yap for a second, do ya? Frank. Hey, McGuff.
2: Yeah, Dix. What is it?
1: She's done. Is she?
2: Wow. She's, uh.
3: Wow. She's a dead bright there, ain't she? You said it, boss. Mr. McGuff, I informed you of the brass appearance of this alloy. This should not come as news to you. You've got the point, boss. Do I pay you to
2: talk, Freudenberg? Uh, no. No, boss. You pay me to fix the birds. And this bird's done being fixed, right? Yes, boss. Then go do what I pay you to do and fix another one.
0: Uh, Yeah, boss.
2: I just... I mean, I, I don't...
1: Spit it out, Frank.
2: Well, I think it's going to turn you into a flying target, That's what I think.
1: Just what I was thinking. Your boys in Washington didn't think this through very well, did they, Bill?
3: It's Billingsley, thank you. And I assure you, we thought it through just fine.
1: Any pilot would be a sitting duck in that bird. And it looked like one, too. I don't even get what it is that's so special about this alley of yours.
3: Please, Miss Denberg, just take it for a test flight. All your questions will be answered.
1: They'd better be, or I'm telling you, Bill. I'll be walking out of here the second I land.
3: I don't think Washington will be very happy if you. Well,
1: time to take that flight. Watch me from the tower, Frank.
3: Will do, Dix. All you respect, Mr. McGuff, if Dixie left the project...
2: Nah, don't worry about her. It's just Friday. Friday? Wouldn't be Friday if Dixie didn't threaten to quit. Let's get up to the tower.
1: Alright, let's see. There we go. See me, Frank?
2: Yeah, Dixie. The way the sun's gleaming off your eye, there's no way I could miss you. I think we might have found a cure for blindness.
1: (laughs) Or a cause of it, at least. All right, I'm going to taxi. Catch you in the air.
2: How's she handle?
1: Like a dream, Frank, but no different than any other Thunderbolt, near as I can tell. I'm gonna take her through a few maneuvers.
2: Jimity Cricket! What the hell
1: is that? What's going on, Frank?
2: Check your six, Dix. Coming up about six clicks out. you got company.
1: What? Who the hell is it?
2: Don't know. I can't see too well through these binoculars. I think it's... No. It must be snowing in hell.
1: Damn it, MacGuff. Tell me what you see.
2: Loop Wappendicks. Two of them. Closing
1: pass. Feeble-minded filibusters.
0: This production has starred Emily Lidley as Dixie Stenberg.
1: What does this thing do?
0: Shannon Gaffney as Frank McGuff. No, Dix, don't touch that! Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Oh dear, my shoes are covered in motor oil. Pete Milan as Freudenberg. Yes, yeah, that's broke for good, boss. Julie Goldstein as The Robot. Ow! That
1: was my arm!
0: And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Hey, Have a head of seltzer. This is Seth Adams sure Stay tuned next time as Dixie confronts uninvited guests in more ways than one on August 8th, 2006 only at PendedAudio.com You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater brought to you by Umket Industries maker of Head Seltzer and remember
1: and fights headaches like they were Nazis.
0: Stay safe, America, and good night. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Schur. Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges Copyright 2006, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.